a random prompt, a random script, a random writer every episode. The Scriptulet podcast offers up a space for up-and-coming storytellers to write, have their work produced, and for listeners to hear the behind-the-scenes production of the making of an audio drama. From the writing process, the actor's cold read, to the final product of finished work, we're here to expose new stories, new writers, and the creative process of making a play. Scriptulet is currently looking for some podcast sponsors who are interested in reaching emerging artists and writers. To work with us, email scriptulet at gmail.com. To join the Scriptulet Facebook group and to have a chance of featuring your writing and or voice on the show, search Scriptulet Podcast on Facebook and click join. Anyone can enter. We give feedback on all scripts submitted and we hope to give a space to new voices and new stories to be told. Our show's music was created by scottbuckley.com, an Australian composer who gives out his music for free for creators to use, as long as they pass on his credit. He has a Patreon if you want to help him out. And our show's logo was created by Lucy Villain. You can find her work on Instagram at lucy.v.design. Okay, let's start the show. Hi, I'm Evram, and I'm one of the hosts of Scriptulet. Alas, this episode we're missing my co-host Ben. Luckily, we have a good friend of the show, Dave Shustak, here to help me out. Hello, and happy to help out as always. Thank you, Dave. So, Dave, what are we even here to do today? Well, we're here to record an original audio drama based on a random prompt with a group of amazing fun actors. Woo! That's right. We release a prompt every month via our Facebook group. The members submit a short five to ten minute radio play based on that prompt. Once we've received the submissions, we spin the wheel and whoever's script gets chosen gets made. We're going to meet the writers and actors, then head into the creation of an original audio play, all in this approximately 30 minute episode. <laughs> this month's prompts were the line of dialogue... Quote, and as you know, I always say, with the genre of satire, we were so lucky to receive three submissions this month. Woo! Emily Lentini, whose script we produced in episode three, submitted an amazing satire, a parody of the classic fairy tale Little Red Riding Hood. Her script was titled Little Red and played very heavily on the tropes we see with a modern perspective. The second was from Sam Adams, a brand new writer on the show, but previously featured actor. His script is a classic satire on Australian politics, with very similar vibes as to ABC's The Chaser or Sammy J's political parodies. His script is called ScoMo's Caryard. The title says it all. <laughs> our final script was from our one and only co-host, Ben Redfern. His script was called The Concept and was a hilarious parody of Australian news shows coverage that never really gets too controversial. You can read all of the scripts that were submitted for this episode on our Facebook group. Search Script Roulette Podcast and request to join. But as always, we can only pick one of these three hilarious scripts to make today, and I'm going to spin the wheel. Hope it's Ben's. (laughs) (laughs) The one and only Sam Adam. Congratulations, your script was picked. Sam may have a familiar voice to many of our listeners as he's now acted in This Will Be four episodes of Scriptulet. We've been encouraging him to write for one of the episodes this whole time, so we're so lucky and excited that he submitted such a hilarious script and it got picked for this episode. How are you, Sam? I'm doing great. I'm <laughs> really quite excited. I, yeah, uh, I've been saying it uh, every episode. We'd be in the studio, you'd say, Sam, are you going to write something? <laughs> 
They would always say, well, if the inspiration hits. <laughs> and, and, yeah, the last prompt really yeah, got me. Resonated with you. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. We have a very, very special show today. On the topic of satire, we don't have only one, but two. We have Sam, whose script we will be making, but also Emily Latini. Welcome, Emily. Very excited to be back. It was a lot of fun last time. Emily made um, the script for episode three. Um, would you be able to say the name of the script for me, Emily? Sorry. Yes. So episode three was called The Idol of... Of Barbassus. Awesome. Yeah, I always say the Barbassus part. Awesome. So I'd love to grab from both of you what was the synopsis of your scripts. Um, if you could start, Sam, that'd be great. Uh, the synopsis for my one was that uh, Gomo, so Scott Morrison, has a busy car yard that he's uh, selling uh, to the general Australian public. Uh, it's it's all his policies uh, represented as cars and yeah. Um, he gradually gets unsubtle. more and more desperate as he, he works his way through the episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. When me and Ben read it for the first time we were like, I don't know, it was just like an out-of-body experience. It was very like, you know, whoa like yeah, but we were very happy that you submitted something. So And it like, I feel like it's very um, you know, it's on the nose, but it's also like that's the whole point of it. So yeah, well, I mean, the election had just happened; mm. it had just finished up, so it's all quite fresh in the mind what they were saying and promising. And yeah, I guess a bit, a bit of my uh, uh, biases written in there a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Emily, what was the synopsis of your script? Yeah, so I decided to do a bit of a parody on a classic fairy tale. Um, so I decided to do Little Red Riding Hood, but with a gender swap. So all the male characters were female and the female characters were male. And yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. It was, yeah. It was pretty hilarious. What happens like throughout the, like um, from the start to the end of the script? Like, you know, just spoilers for everyone that hasn't read it yet. <laughs> yeah, so well, it starts off with um, the main character is Little Red and he's a little boy who has been sent by his father to go and visit his ill grandfather. And so he sets off into the woods and on the way he meets a female, mysterious female character who um, is, you know, obviously represents the wolf. Um, when I was writing it, I wasn't sure whether I wanted her to be a wolf or a fox because I thought a fox would kind of suit her better because she was a bit more cunning. Um, and she, I decided to give her a backstory. So when she hears who Little Red is going to visit, she realizes that his grandfather is this like terrible, cranky old man who's killed many foxes and killed her family. So she's like, well, I'm going to go and uh, uh, get my revenge. So, so she goes ahead and then um, has a bit of a confrontation with the grandfather and it gets a bit violent, um, but she kills him and then um, Little Red arrives and he's horrified at what's happened. But he's very, kind of a bit naive, but very innocent. And um, yeah, and then a female huntswoman comes at the end but realises that she has nothing to do because the, yeah, the big event has already happened and there's nothing more to do. <laughs> that happened to me as a small boy. <laughs> that's that's the, it's the tale of my life. So, I wanted to ask you, Sam, have you written for audio before? No, not at all. Um, only really a few short stories in the past. Um, so this is the first big piece of, well, it's not a huge piece of writing, um, first writing that I've done in quite a while as well. Um, I was quite pleased to flex that sort of creative muscle 
after so long, it was, it was quite a relief. Did it? Was it like difficult to get into the vibe, or were you like, no, this is exactly what I want to say? It, the idea was formed very strongly on its own. So the initial, initially, I had a couple of days, like just a bit, of, a few hours here and there when I was over in New Zealand, mm. helping my dad with the boat. Just I had a bit of downtime, and it was just like, oh, well, the words are just sort of coming out at this time. So. I did that, and then when it came to finishing off writing it, I eventually sat down and went, "Oh no, I've run out." <laughs> okay, okay, just gonna focus. And eventually, then the second half just sort of came out after yeah. a bit of effort. But yeah, yeah, it's it was... always a bit like that, though. You start off like really strong, and then you're like, eh, "Can someone else finish this? Finish this for me? Like this sounds really good. I want to read it, but I don't want to have to write it." Like that. Yeah. I've been in that situation a lot. Yeah, just when that. All the easy ideas are all done, and then you just got to get a few more things out, mm. and you just have to push past it. Yeah, that's that's what I found. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so, when you saw satire, what drew you to write about the topic you selected for the script? Well, uh, like I was saying just before, um, it was that the election had just finished, and I was still feeling, you know, maybe a bit sour about that. That uh, I think we the all were stayed mm-hmm. stayed in, um, and. Well, it's a bit of an outlet for that. Really? Well, did you find anything that you struggled with when you wrote this script? Uh, not initially. Uh, as at the start, it was all ideas flowing out, and then just as those ideas sort of dried up and needed to f- be tied up, I sort of struggled to see that idea just to the end. But uh, once once I got over that little bit, it was it wasn't too hard. But yeah, that was the one sort of stop it bit. For yourself, and what was it that drew you to talk about the selected topic when you saw satire, I guess? Um, well, I have to admit, the first thing I did was Google what is satire, because it's one of those things that I think I know, but I just want to be sure that I understand exactly what kind of comedy it is. Um, and then when I was looking at examples and what kind of tools that people use, one of them was parody, and I thought, oh, I think I can do a parody of something classic, like a classic story. Mm-hmm. And I love fairy tales, so yeah, that came up immediately. Awesome. <laughs> was this um, something that you'd wanted to talk about for a while? Yeah, I'm always interested in how, in the different gender representations that we see in um, especially in old stories um, and I guess I'd always wanted to um, take a closer look at it and see what happens when we flip things around and how it changes if it changes the story and if it makes you think differently about the characters mm. um, yes I'm always keen to to experiment and see what happens yeah awesome uh, this is I guess like a topic for you both and also everyone else in the room um, do you find that like we get drawn to using satire to explore difficult topics and um, how, I guess, it's, like, effective at, like, maybe helping listeners or helping audiences, like, think about ideas that maybe they wouldn't normally want to tackle, but, like, if we do it in a satirical way, it it seems to help in some capacity. Do you think satire is helpful for that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't... I I probably would never write a serious news article Mm. about uh, the, the... actions of politicians today but writing something like this was it's fun and you know you you don't feel depressed after (laughs) writing it or reading it so yeah yeah no I totally get what you mean it seems to help like the blow of like the seriousness of the topic in some way yeah I feel like comedy is like it's quite a disarming thing because you're laughing 
and you're kind of you're laughing at it, but you're also sort of you know you know that um, in The Simpsons where Marge is like sometimes you just have to laugh, and then she sits there and like stares and is horrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ah, oh, satire. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, uh, what is it? I'm thinking. So what drawn using satire. Um, so thematically, what do you both feel like? What do you want the listener to take away from the script? At the end, what is it about the story that you want them to do, leave with, I guess? Politicians are liars. <laughs> <laughs> They're that just is a like... bunch of salesmen. <laughs> it just feels... I don't know, that Trump fella seems all right. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I can't believe you're bringing salespeople into this. <laughs> <laughs> Retail industry is better than politics. <laughs> I'm just saying you're making an honest living. <laughs> and you're putting us in the same car park. <laughs> it is almost the same set of morals. Like, if, I can, if I can get them on these shoes, then I can kind of undercut them on these shoes as well. And I don't know. Look, okay, I don't sell things for a living. You're a musician. At all, and I'm very terrible at selling anything. It's okay, Rob. Thank it's all right. you. I'll sit in the corner with my loot and, <laughs> and cry. Uh, Emily, what was it that you hope people take away from your story? Um, I was just hoping that people really enjoyed it and got a bit of a laugh out of it. Um, I recently read a book by Philip Pullman um, in which he retold basically all the old grim fairy tales. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he said at the end, or maybe in the introduction, was that he hoped that it inspired other young writers to do their own takes on old fairy tales because they're basically there for everyone to use and enjoy and you can take it and, you know, use it for your own creative use. And, yeah, so I hope that's what I did. Yeah, no, totally. And, like, you kind of touched on a question that we wanted to ask next, um, which is, like, what sort of similar stories have you read, heard or seen or perhaps, like, um, you know, shows or other audio that you've listened to that's similar, maybe that inspired you to 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 write this sort of piece? Yeah, um, you sort of touched on it just then. Yeah, yeah. the old grim fairy tales. And, mm. yeah, Philip Pullman did a really good job of retelling them. It was really enjoyable to read. Awesome. Yeah. Um, was there anything that inspired you in particular, Sam? No. <laughs> Sam has a very pensive look and he's thinking very deeply. No, no, not really. I didn't feel like I'd, draw, I'd drawn on anything in particular myself. It has, like, a really, like, mid-2000s TV sketch show vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like Sk mm. Skid House. Or yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. What was that one? On, on yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the big wedge or something. Oh, the wedge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I could see this on the feed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It made me think of, like, the chasers worn everything or, like, I don't know, Sammy J does those really funny videos now on ABC parroting mm. political stuff using metaphors. Oh, the play school ones? Yes. Oh, I love those ones. <laughs> Definitely made me think of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Certainly channeling that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so we have a group of wonderful people in the room today to help us bring um, Scamo's Car Yard to life. The title itself, just like, I can't every time I hear it. I was trying to explain to people what I was going to go do today. I'm like, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this script called Scamo's Car Yard. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be in it? <laughs> do you want to be Scott Morrison? <laughs> Declan has an honour today. He's doing us total solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why don't we go around the room and we, you guys, like, um, 
introduce, um, say your name and I guess which character you're going to be playing today. Uh, so I'll start with myself. I'm Evram. Hello. And I'm going to be playing um, Jane, which is an angry customer that is very displeased with a car that they have bought off ScoMo. But I come in right at the end, so you have to wait for me. I'm David. I'll be playing Clive Palmer, <laughs> the multi-billion dollar Jurassic Park ripoff <laughs> extraordinaire. I'm Emily, and I'll be playing uh, the mysterious unnamed customer one. I'm Jill, and I'll be playing uh, Mary, uh, wife of Jeffrey, <laughs> trying to <laughs> make sure he doesn't just buy things willy-nilly. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. Hi, I'm Sam, the writer of the script, and I'll be playing uh, Jeffrey, who's just off to trying trying to buy himself a buy car. stuff. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Declan, and I have the great, I think, honour of playing. Gomo, who uh, seems to be quite a very interesting character. Uh, <laughs> should be a lot of fun, I think. Thanks, Eklund. I also just wanted to ask you, what's your um, experience like making audio dramas and um, like if you've ever done anything like this before? Um, I don't think I've ever done an audio drama as such. I did acting back in high school and I really loved that and found it great to take on wacky mm. characters, which I think Gomo fits quite well. <laughs> So, well, he's uh, wacky, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm looking forward to getting back into it and expo- especially exploring it um, in the audio realm, I think will be very interesting. And I've, I've done a bit of radio and stuff, uh, presenting, mm. but never acting on radio. That's just sort of announcing, I guess, which oh, is a totally. little bit different. Well, I think you're going to be great, so thank you for oh, coming in today. <laughs> really appreciate it. Um, and Rob? Uh, I'm, I'm Rob. I'm apparently playing Mr. Murdoch. I don't know which Murdoch it is. Um, from MacGyver. From, uh, <laughs> I've never seen MacGyver. Oh, I've, I've I've seen MacGruber. Oh, of course. Right, the 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 um the parody of, mm-hmm. of MacGyver. So I, I know MacGyver about was a parody of itself. It it's kind of close. I know about MacGyver from MacGruber and The Simpsons, and that's that's it. So like Murdoch was evil MacGyver. That was all you needed. To, it was an uh, evil. Ver- so MacGyver built crap out of the paper clips and yeah. stuff, and then Murdoch was the evil. And he deconstructed it, mm-hmm. and then oh no, he built for... his own death traps. And oh, MacGyver had to outsmart out of his like traps. like plastic forks yeah, and a pigeon. Weird stuff. And just okay, amazing. so the, the wings of a pigeon <laughs> spread out, and then forks stuck in it, and then MacGyver Sorry, would just I've... be like, "Oh, I'm going to fall into that now." Correct. And then, right. Okay. I've totally lost track of what's going on. It's all right. We know what we're talking about. I'm apparently also playing James, a seemingly simple-minded customer who probably voted for ScoMo because he keeps buying his crap. I think that James is the one um, that, like, uh, he keeps getting upsold by ScoMo, but he yeah. keeps disagreeing with him. Oh, well. okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm getting uh, looking forward to getting yelled at by Mr. Murdoch. I think I'm be- looking forward to yelling at him. Oh, it's going to be good, but... I think uh, ScoMo is such an arrogant, up-himself character. It's going to be very fun to get uh, taken down many a peg. <laughs> um, anything for you, Dave? I just love the idea that Clive Palmer's here too. It's just it's a great <laughs> setup. <laughs> Selling cars that are just ridiculously... Oh, it's, this is a great... Th- thank you for writing this. This is going to be fun. Yeah. 
get to be such buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of perfect for Clive because, like, it runs on dinosaur fuel. Like, I... that's that's it's perfect <laughs> for him. He can melt down his old plastic dinosaurs that he was trying to sell out. And where was that place? I like, don't, but I just remember looking at how bad the dinosaurs oh, were produced. It's like he was trying to cash in on, like, the sudden burst of everybody's interest in Jurassic Park again. Yeah. And it was just like, nah, I can make billions of dollars off of this. And, mate, you probably made four bucks. Like, it's... Oh. I think you just lost four millions. Bucks. Four bucks, that's oh. it. I would go to heckle. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaurs are shit clone. Thanks, guys. It's easy to get caught up in wanting to have an engaging plot for your script. Many people would consider developing your plot as one of the hardest parts of writing, but it might not necessarily be the most important part. For starters, a key thing to be aware of is the difference between plot and story. Plot, generally speaking, refers to the sequence of events that occur throughout the piece, for example, going for a walk through the park. Story, on the other hand, tends to be more about the overarching themes of the piece, for example, overcoming a fear. These two pieces are brought together by the third element of character. It's characters who move through the plot which give us our story. By breaking down and establishing these three elements, you can give yourself a clear understanding of your overall story, and in turn, this should help you understand how your plot should unfold. Once you've got the basic framework together, you can break down the plot scene by scene, which should result in a stronger script. We're now going to go into the cold read of the script and we're going to read through, get a feel of the voices we want to use for the characters and hear a lot of not-so-subtle political satire. (laughs) Cool, so let's get into it. Yay! (laughs) Oh my god, okay, so I'm going to put your mic all the way down, Rob, so that you can start yelling. (laughs) Scobo! Get in here! Now! Get back out there and sell a dolly, or you're fired. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if I take... There was a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he sounds so evil. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm it's separating yeah. the character. Oh you have God. to hear how evil he is. is. It? Yeah. But he's a super villain. <laughs> 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 Well, I mean, I feel like he's a hybrid of, like... It's just like, is he a bad newspaper man? Is he a bad coal man? He's both. He's just a hybrid of the bad. I'm bats. kind of playing, like, um, Oogie Boogie from um, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's like that. Like, I feel like he's about to bust into a jazz song about newspaper. <laughs> right. Well, if I take it from the jobs angle, maybe it'll be more appealing. Yeah, I feel like I've lost the end. Yeah, no, yeah okay. Sorry, did I scare the shit out of you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> just a little... I think you scared the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Are you a writer, actor, creator living in Melbourne and are interested in featuring on a future episode of Script Roulette? Head to Facebook and search for Script Roulette Podcast and ask to join the group. As well as being able to submit a script for next month's podcast, you can also throw your hat in the ring for a voice acting role or even help with foley or sound production. On top of that, we provide feedback on all scripts submitted, whether you get chosen or not. So it's a great way to keep yourself accountable and write every month. It might be a small community now, but we see a lot of potential to create an amazing platform and need your help to grow. Hi, you're listening to Script Roulette. I'm Sam Adams, and this is my play, Scomo's Car Yard.
Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to ScoMo's Yard. We've got tax cuts, small business and homes, as well as the best job generation around. We've got all the best options at the best prices, something for everyone. Greatest car yard there ever was and will be. Is there anything I can help you with? Oh, um, looking for something cheap. Doesn't matter too much about the mileage, just as long as it has something left in it. Okay, come this way. You'll be wanting to have a look at tax cuts and benefit slashing. Oh, yes, those look about right. Yes, um, do you mind if I go look? Why, yes, absolutely. Be my guest. Just call out if you have any questions. Sure sale if I ever saw one. <laughs> yes, of course. Excuse me. Yes, hello. Oh, hi, yes. I'd like one, thank you. Like one? Oh, right. If you're looking for a recommendation, let me point you towards coal. Cheap and last to the end of the earth. Oh, no, 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 no. Not coal. Much too dirty. No, no, no. Jeffrey, dear, you can't just rush up to the man like that. You've got to leave room for some bartering. Yes, of course. We must find the right package for the rice costs. Mrs... Mary. Mary, what a lovely name. And might I say a lovely set of pearls you have on today, Mary. Oh, why, thank you. Family heirloom. Yes, lovely. Have they been in your family very long? Oh, for generations. Our family brought them over with them when they migrated here to bring governance to the riffraff. Ah, yes, very honourable. Now, what might I interest you in, Mary? Oh, well, we don't want anything foreign. Oh, yes, of course. They must be Australian. So Australia can continue being Australia. If it's from overseas, well, that's not very Australian at all. Ah, I think I have what you're looking for. Over this way, border security. Cornerstone to keeping Australia what it is today. Now, you might have heard some mutterings of human rights violations, but this is the border. It is important, and plus it's all over-exaggerated anyway. Yes, 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 that, that sounds the trick. Oh, yes, indeed, we'll want to see the details. In that case, right this way to my office. Scobo! Get in here! Yes, Mr. Murdoch. What are you doing? Uh, just tied up a cell. Nice couple looking for board. I know. You sold them on border security. What are you doing selling that? I told you. Sell coal. I, I tried. I told them coal is... Not good enough! Now, get out there and sell it, Arnie, or you're fired. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. Right. Well, well, if I take it from the jobs angle, maybe it'll be a bit more appealing. Oh, um, good day, mate. I'm looking for something all-terrain. Something that'll grant a bit of freedom. You'll be wanting jobs then. With a job, you'll have the freedom to do anything you want. Um, I'm not really sure that that's how that... Here, come this mm. way. I think I've got a deal you will be interested in. Uh. Over here, we have jobs. Right over here. Some of what we have is infrastructure, but the best deals we have on at the moment are in mining. 
Ah, here we are, the Adani model. An especially good deal. Coal driven, cheap, and you know what I always say? Lasts until the end of the earth. You'll get excellent power out of this with 6.7k jobs under the hood. Not sure about the coal. Everyone says it's terrible for the climate. Climate schmimate. This is jobs we're talking about, and the climate can take care of itself. It's all just fear-mongering. People stirring everyone up so they can make a profit. I guess I'm just looking for something more socially minded. Okay. Okay. Well, we have something on indigenous mental health and something on gay rights. Give me the gay rights. Uh, well, we'll have a look at those, but I'm not sure they'll be right for you. Over here we have gay marriage, and, but I'm reluctant to say it's the one for you. And why would that be? It sounds great. Easy to get started. Could get anywhere in the country. My LGBT mates would love it. It's just what I'm looking for. There's just something inherently wrong about gay people live That's their That's nonsense. I want it now. Let me see the details. Anything you say, but you'll regret it when people start marrying their dogs. It's all this coal phobia. So what if scientists say we're headed to climate catastrophe? They're just stirring everything up so they can profit off. Off. Scomo, glad to see you're still in business. Clive Palmer, how are you? I hear business hasn't been going so well. Sales are down, so I just couldn't keep on going. Must have been hard keeping sales up with that employee kerfuffle. It was. They just had to hang in there, and once the job was done, I'd pay them for their hours. So all I could see from me is paying them. It was the business. I just own it. And they should be so lucky to have jobs anyway. Damn right. Don't they know how important jobs are? Well, it's been different without you in business. Slower, perhaps. We always used to get people who weren't quite sold on what you had come through. They often said what you had was just too much. Made them a much easier sell when they came over to us. It did work out well for you. How are the coal sales? I might be out of sales, but that doesn't take me out of business entirely. Not good. Not good. There is a lot of carbophobia out there, making it rather hard to get anything out the door. Carbophobia? Yeah, carbophobia. Fear of coal. There's so much out there that I've started using the term. It's really hurting sales. It's those bloody scientists. They spend years and years researching and they come up with these doomsday scenarios. They're supposed to solve problems, not create ones. Exactly. It's like they don't even understand how the economy works. So sales are great. How about cutting expenses? Have you managed to get rid of Medicare? No. The employees keep saying they need health care and that they won't be able to pay for it if they get sick. But they have a job, so I don't know what they're complaining about. Hey! Hey, you! That's you, isn't it, ScoMo? Oh, she sounds pissed. I'm out of here to my dinosaur park! You sold me a dud. Whatever you mean. I bought tax cuts off you and it never arrived. I saw the business down the road get one, but I haven't gotten anything. When did you make your purchase? End of last year. Sorry, time for refunds has passed. I can't refund anything from prior to the election. Anyway, I'm sure it will arrive. It's the cheapest on the market, so there's a lot of demand, so it just takes time to get to you. How about we rent something out to you until it's arrived? We've got the Adani over there. It's reliable, so we'll get you around and it'll get you so many jobs per kilometre, you'll barely notice the tax cuts haven't gotten to you. But hasn't there been Study on, on carbophobia, certainly. There's been irrational fear out there that coal is going to cause the collapse of civilization. But it's a phobia. It's not rational. And it's contagious. Just look around you. Nothing's collapsing. Everything's fine. Mm, 
Aren't there any alternatives? Alternatives? Why would you need any alternatives? Here, come over here. Step in. Why don't you get behind the wheel? Well, things do look fine. And how expensive did you say? Second to tax cuts, it's the cheapest around. Go on, give it a rev. Oh, that certainly does have a bit of power. A bit? This baby has enough power to drive the economy of a whole region. It could make a whole state prosperous. That's not just a bit, it's a powerhouse. Everyone wins with coal. Go on, give it another. This baby will send you powering down the economy. Money woes will be a distant thing in your rearview mirror. And you're sure it's safe? Safe as it can be. Adani has passed all the rules and regulations we've put in place. I should know. I helped put together those regulations. If you're sure... It's cold, it's cheap, it's safe, and it will last to the end of the earth. We just recorded uh, Scamo's Kayart. How's everyone feeling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling, Sam? I feel like I could have done more on, on the script itself. Maybe needed a bit more of a rewrite, but I guess that's 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 the beauty of he- actually hearing it in, mm. in your own ear holes is you, you now get the proper idea of w- what shape it should have been. But, I mean, this is... This is these script roulettes aren't supposed to be the most produced uh, pieces. It's an they're experiment. Just, they're, yeah. they're an experiment. They're throwing out an idea and hearing what it'll sound like. And I, yeah, it was great. It was great. I, I really felt like I learnt a huge amount. Mm-hmm. Declan, it's your first time ever doing anything yeah. like this today. How did you feel um, your experience was in terms of, like, I guess, uh, sort of from the start of reading the script to like where we got at the end in terms of like understanding the character and where you wanted Definitely, to go with yeah. it. Um, it was a great experience. Uh, yeah, apart from having a picture of Scomo <laughs> staring at me the entire time. Um, Very method. Yes, but um, no, it was really interesting and gives me a lot to think about. Like for the future, I think just sort of making sure to understand a character, having a clear voice mm-hmm. in mind and stuff. But um, it was an excellent experience. Very hard not to laugh at some of these lines and keep a straight face. And especially uh, having Clive Palmer <laughs> and Rupert Murdoch was one of the most frightening things. Oh, that was terrifying, yeah. Rob. That was terrifying. It was, yeah. Sad. And the I I feel you'll be able to f- feel that bass in your voice and just like the terror. <laughs> like so, you I'm, need a subwoofer to enjoy this. <laughs> I feel like I actually scared you. I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to scare the listeners. It's, it's going to be yeah. terrifying. Um, and I loved your Clive Palmer, Dave. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Thank yeah, you. Can, can you just talk a little executed. bit in Clive Palmer? I actually called my brother up and I go, look, mate, I need this and this and this done. He's a surveyor. And I'm like, just the line. I just fuck with him all the time. <laughs> 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 I like I'm listening to th- like the th- 3SEN or something. <laughs> He's calling in. Um, and I wanted to ask, um, Sam, how do you feel the script was interpreted, I guess, by the actors and everyone in the room in comparison to how you wrote it? Did you have any, like, obviously these are based off actual Australian politicians, but, like, in terms of how it came out versus when you heard it in your head, is there any... I did I did hear ScoMo more of, like, your traditional um, salesman, but, like... Uh, when Declan started actually speaking as him, I was like, oh, well, no, actually, you definitely need to just stick to how the character, the real ScoMo is. And 
it's, it still fitted a lot more into place than than what I had in my head. Mm. But yeah, and I felt like I could have taken the writing a bit differently if I if I had a had the real thing in my head a bit more. But yeah, I, I found it was great. That's cool. Like, like I know what you mean though. Like there's yeah. no um, like when you until you hear it for the first time, it actually you really don't know what it's going to sound like. And we have a few people in the room today that have written things before. And like um, Emily, I know that for yourself. Um, was that a similar experience when you, like, in episode three, like, were hearing people, like, actually put words to the dialogue for the first time? Yeah, definitely. Um, Once again, it was really, I yeah, I laughed a lot (laughs) in this recording, (laughs) as I did when we were recording mine. And, uh, yeah, because often, I mean, I sometimes have a little giggle when I'm writing something, but until you actually hear it and when you hear people putting their own... Um, emphasis on things and putting their own voices to it and their own spin, it's even more brilliant and more funny than you could have ever imagined when you were writing it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this time around it was uh, listening to this being read aloud was really, really funny. It was great. Mm. Do you guys feel um, that having audio as like a format lets us perhaps experiment a bit more than maybe if it was film? I mean, Dave, you work mainly in film. Mm. So how do you feel like if this was a short film versus like audio the difference in how, like, it might be interpreted or, like, how you would hear it or see it. I don't know, in terms of how much you can experiment with audio. I, look, I think that's a great question. I mean, I I love the different type of creativity it comes into making something like this. Mm-hmm. It's just with the audio thing, like all the tricks that we all do. And, I mean, it's, it's such a great setup. But what I love is that for the amount of effort that it takes in, we could it only takes a couple hours for us to do this all, and we produce such a, a great... Uh, product at the very end of it, so I, I would I would one hundred percent just encourage anything that cre- uh, creates really. So, mm. um, film wise, it would probably be too much. It would be more uh, aggressive and all that stuff. But audio wise, got a bunch of great people around us putting all their energy in for a couple of hours, and we get so, like such a great laugh, and we mm. produce decent content every episode. So, yeah. yeah. Visually, I'd see that scene with like Murdoch and and you know Scuzzbud. <laughs> Skomo, like the, the the office is all like smoky and it's like like really dodgy lighting on like his big jowls on his face <laughs> and Skomo comes in and he looks like really small and like quite like a, a cockroach and <laughs> but like but like but you know Murdoch's like just a bigger cockroach yeah. and he's got like an old jazz hat on and a big cigar and he's like that's, anyway yeah and it's like Congo drums and stuff <laughs> yeah thanks Rob that's that's an incredible visual I I feel like with audio the thing that it's like you sort of touched on it, David. It's like when we get if I feel like if I watch this visually versus like hearing in audio, it's almost like a bit more like a bit of a like in audio, it feels like it's a bit more of like a fantasy kind of like it's mm. like we can do it at like a very high level of like um, like removal from reality and it can be really enjoyable and easy to follow. Whereas like if it was a visual story, I actually think, like you said, it might come across even as more aggressive or mm. like it would be harder. I think to like because with satire we can get people who maybe wouldn't usually listen to something to pay attention, and I think because it's audio, it's slightly like less confronting in a way, if that kind of makes sense. Whereas like if it was a film, it would actually be I think 
easier for people to like turn off and be like, oh, I don't want to pay attention to this. Does that kind of make sense? I don't know. That's my experience with stuff. So I want to reveal now what next month's prompt is. So if it's your first time listening, then I'll just give you a brief overview. Every episode we reveal what the prompt for the next one is going to be. And if you want to submit a script, um, look up our Facebook group online, Script Roulette Podcast, and ask to join. Um, So maybe we have... (laughs) I don't know, a bit of a drum roll, perhaps, like for the reveal of the prompt. Cool. Ah! So the genre is comic fantasy, and we've the prompt is a magic power that someone didn't know that they had that they end up using in a questionable way. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and me and Dave had a bit of a chat before everyone got here today about what comic fantasy means. Mm. Um, and like technically it means comedic fantasy. So, you know, but it could also refer to the fact that like we're talking a bit about superheroes here and there's also that comic element to it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a, either a comic book, you can take it quite literally or you can make it a big fantasy world and make it ridiculous. So mm. take your Lord of the Rings and put it on its <laughs> crazy feet. Yeah. yeah. To draw, um, to be in the draw to have your script produced by a team of talented and fun people, please submit your piece in the Scripture Podcast Facebook group and make sure you have a read of the submission guidelines. Uh, my name's Rob. Um, I play in a band called The Velvet Cobras. You can look us up and you can look up my Instagram as well because I do like 35mm photography because I'm so arty. <laughs> What's your Instagram yeah. name? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can look it up. Oh, no, wait, no, 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 I remember now. It's Bob something <laughs> that's a pun bobtography that's it yeah okay yeah do you want to do you want to repeat that again no nah, let's go with that <laughs> that's it my name is Declan I played Scomo and I pretty much have the opposite views to him so I hope that comes across um Declan's a nice person yeah <laughs> <laughs> why thank you but um I occasionally present shows on PBS 106.7 FM so tune into the station and you may hear me playing some music. Mm. I'm Sam Adams, and I wrote the script today. I also played Jeffrey, and uh, you can pretty much find me here. Just here. Just here. <laughs> so. I'm Jill. I was Mary in the script today. Hi, I'm Emily Lantini, and I played Customer One and Jane in the script, who I think we ended up blending into one, yeah, one One character. entity. One entity. I run a movie review podcast. It's called Three Orange Whips, and you can find it on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. Hi, I'm David. I played Clive Palmer, and if you want to help me out, I'm doing a charity called the Zambian Film Project, and please look up, look it up, and it's got all the details in it, but it's a bunch of uh, film people going over to Zambia, and we go teach them and give them the opportunities what universities do over there. So please check it out. Thank you. If you want to keep up to date with all things Scripturelet, go to facebook.com slash Podcast or add us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for a wonderful show. See you next time. Woo! Thank you.